Anna. I'm Riley. This is Ill-Advised Stories. Written by my dad. It's my dad too! <laughs> you have our allowance Dr. Augustus Mayhem and the Crystal Cat Caper. Welcome again to the madcap adventures of Dr. Augustus Mayhem, boy detective. He's not only first in his class, but he's also the only 12-year-old with a degree in digging up the truth. With help from me, his kid sister, he's on his way to solving another mystery. We didn't have to go far for today's wrongdoing. Our doorman, Rudy, dropped it off on our front step. This puzzling piece of detective work was in our very own building, just a few floors below our penthouse apartment. We were in the middle of training, practicing our combat skills, in the parlor, when we heard a knock at the door. Who could that be at this early hour, I asked my brother. Augustus managed to say. He was having a hard time talking since his face was shoved into the ground. I had his arm twisted back into a shoulder lock. It was a move I had learned on our last trip to Sumatra. I let my brother up. That was quite a technique, Missy. He said, rubbing his sore shoulder. Missy's my name, by the way. Not just something someone calls me after I've squished their face into the floor. I'm Missy Mayhem, and at nine years old, I'm trained in more forms of combat than most Marines. I opened the door and said, Hiya, Rudy. Hiya, Missy. I mean, Miss Mayhem. He was a big fellow and not the brightest. My brother suspected he had some criminal past that he was trying to make up for by staying on the straight and narrow, working a door job on the Upper West Side. It's fine, Rudy. You can call me Missy. Thank you, Miss. I mean, Missy. Um, yeah, anyway, sorry to bother you, but I think I need your brother's help. We have a problem. Augustus was up from the floor dusting himself off. He adjusted his bow tie, pulled his jacket back, and wiped his glasses. Certainly, Rudy. Please elaborate. Rudy stared at my brother. That means go ahead and tell him, big guy, I said. Rudy smiled and nodded. Okay. You know that widow on the 10th floor, Mrs. Gladstone? I can't say that I know her well, but I do know that it's not confirmed that her husband's indeed dead. Augustus pointed out. It's been three years since he failed to return from his ice fishing trip in the Arctic Circle, I reminded my brother. Missy, no man goes all the way to the Arctic Circle for ice fishing. The ice is too thick there. His story never made a lick of sense. But I can't solve every crime in this city. Augustus said. Anyway, Doctor... Mrs. Gladstone needs your help. Her cat's gone missing. I looked at my brother, then at Rudy. I don't mean to be arrogant, but in his short time on this world, my brother had solved some truly astonishing crimes. Asking him to find a cat seemed beneath him. Her silver Siberian that won the Chesterfield Elegant Cat Competition a few months back? Augustus asked. Yeah, that's the one. It's kind of a fancy one, ain't it? Rudy said. Very fancy, though it's a bit large for its breed. In truth, it was a bit shocking the animal won. I've spent the last year wondering about that. Please lead the way, Rudy. As we went out into the hall and down the elevator, I leaned into my brother and asked, I had no idea you were so interested in cat breeding competitions. I try to stay in the know, and that woman does live in our building. True, I agreed. The elevator doors closed. Augustus leaned into me. Truth be told, I've been keeping an eye on Miss Gladstone for a while. I'll need you on your toes for this one, Missy, my dear. You got it, big brother. I slid my brass knuckles on and gave my boot knife a little flick to make sure it was working. I glanced at Rudy, making sure he didn't notice. He smiled in his clueless way. We got off the tenth floor. Rudy went to the door and knocked. When Miss Gladstone opened it, she said, 
Oh, Rudy, have you found him? Then she looked down and seeing my brother and I, all the color drained from her face. What are they doing here? Well, I figured I could spend the whole night looking around the city, or I could just get the world's greatest detective I knew of. Rudy hitched his thumb in his lapels. Apparently, my brother and I were too short to be seen through the people. Otherwise, I'll be honest, I don't think Miss Gladstone would have opened her door. You know, Rudy, I'm sure it's fine. Anton will come back on his own, she assured him. I have my doubts on that, my brother said, ducking under Miss Gladstone's arm. May I come in? He started looking around. Um, I'd really rather you didn't, Miss Gladstone said, but there was a problem with that. See, Augustus was already in and going over the apartment in the way that only a master detective could. She followed behind him. Excuse me. Excuse me, young man. My brother held up a single finger. Surprisingly, she stopped. It's an odd thing how often my brother could stall an adult. It was almost as if he had magical powers. He didn't, of course. My brother didn't truck with sorcery, knowing only the most basic incantations. I followed them in. Miss Gladstone's rooms were smaller than ours and quite a bit darker. The little bit of light came from the kitchen and from a soft reading lamp near an overstuffed Chesterfield chair. There was shelf upon shelf of knickknacks in the living room. They weren't your garden variety porcelain statues either. She had jewels and ancient pottery. Some of it looked weird, as if it was made for a dark intent. My brother sniffed at the air. There's no litter box in here, Miss Gladstone. My brother pointed out. No, there isn't. My cat is toilet trained. Uh, your cat knows how to use the toilet? That I gotta see, Rudy said. My brother raised an eyebrow. Indeed, that is impressive. Training a cat to do anything is difficult enough, but having it use the toilet? I honestly thought that feat was impossible. The subject of Hollywood fiction. Miss Gladstone looked back at Rudy angrily. Yes, well, it can be done. Now, I really don't require your services. You may leave. She held the door open wider. Tell me, Miss Gladstone, how old is your cat? I've owned Anton for three years. I see. My brother let his hand run over one of the shelves. But that wasn't my question. I asked you how old your cat is. I told you three, I, uh, suppose. You got him as a kitten? Augustus picked up one of the pieces and examined it. No. Miss Gladstone said, coming over and taking the little cup out of his hand. And honestly, I don't see why that matters. I don't know exactly how old the cat is. He's missing now. He's not come back. And you're wasting my time when I should be out looking for him. She went to the coat rack and grabbed her jacket. I'm sure you're very concerned. I'll go with you to find him. Perhaps we could have a cup of coffee first. She zipped her jacket up. I don't drink coffee. Oh, I know that. You haven't got the telltale stains on your teeth. But for some reason, you have a coffee pot. And from the look of it, it's been used quite regularly. He went the short distance to the kitchen and picked up the carafe. He sniffed at the inside of it. There was still some dark liquid swirling around the bottom. In fact, I'd say you made a pot less than ten hours ago. A nighttime cup. What would you be staying awake for? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. You don't drink coffee. Isn't that right? I've had enough of these games, young man. I'm going. She started towards the door. I ran my fingers over my brass knuckles, wondering if I was going to have to lay her out. I believe you said your cat's name is Anton? My brother asked. Yes. Perhaps you named him in honor of your late husband, who never returned from his fishing trip in the Arctic Circle. My husband's name was Anthony. Though most that knew him called him Tony. 
didn't they? Miss Gladstone's eyes narrowed, staring at my brother. She was getting ready for something, and at that moment, a sound filled the room. It was the door buzzer. Ouch! Miss Gladstone's eyes go wide. Expecting someone? My brother asked. He headed to the intercom. Miss Gladstone's attention darted from the door to something on her shelf. I didn't move at first, but I followed her hand as she grabbed one of the jewels. She started for the door. Should I stop her, Augustus? If you'd be so kind. Miss Gladstone ducked around Rudy, who was still standing in the door. I suppose as a doorman, it was a habit. I chased her, taking a different route. Jumping up, I grabbed the door frame and swung over Rudy. My legs missed his nose by less than an inch. I launched myself over his head and came down with my feet pointed, crashing into Miss Gladstone's shoulder. I wasn't trying to hurt her, so I made sure the force of the blow was only enough to spin her around. I couldn't help that it was a narrow hall. After twirling like a ballerina, a ballerina who'd been kicked in the back, she ran face first into the wall. She landed on the floor. I crouched down in front of her, blocking her way. Please, I must go, she begged. I looked up to see my brother and Rudy dancing a two-step. Rudy wasn't trying to get in his way, but he was an awkward man, and my brother, for all his training, wasn't much better. He'd go left, and Rudy would try and get out of his way by going right. Of course, that meant moving in the same direction. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. They were saying to each other, going back and forth. They have him, Miss Gladstone said, getting to her feet. I just know it. Have who? Your cat? I asked. No, her husband, and I suppose her cat as well. Augustus said. He and Rudy had finally finished their dance number, with my brother finally ducking between the big man's legs. Isn't that right, Miss Gladstone, or I should say, Miss Ravi Roche? How do you know that name? She asked. Your husband was famous, wasn't he? A well-known jewel thief. I believe this time he stole from the wrong people, and now they want that back. Augustus pointed to Miss Gladstone's hand. In it was a small statue of a cat's head with a jewel in its mouth. It was sparkling in the hallway light. What we should have been looking for was her other hand. She tossed the file against the wall. It flashed, exploded, and made a smoke screen. Miss Gladstone barreled past me. Of course, I know what you're thinking, but you're Missy Mayhem. How could anyone get past you? But I'll tell you the truth. I let it happen. My brother reached me just as we heard the door to the stairs open and close. I assume you have it. My brother said, coming up next to me. We stepped out of the smoke screen, taking our time as we went to the elevator. Of course, I glanced down at the statue in my hand. She'll be rather disappointed when she reaches the bottom. We could hear her footsteps in the distance, hurrying down the stairs. I stared at the statue. It had mesmerizing jewels in its eyes. I'll take that, Missy. My brother took it from my hand and dropped it into his pocket. But what is it? Oh, you know, the usual. A magical talisman worshipped by an ancient people kept in hiding till the right idiot who has no respect for such things comes along to steal it. I believe it turned Miss Gladstone's husband into a cat. We both turned and listened to Rudy. He was still in the smoke screen, <coughs> coughing and stumbling around. <coughs> At least twice he slammed into the wall. Guys! Guys, where are you? By the elevator, I called, after pushing the button. I turned back to my brother. Really? A cat man, you say? Not all the time. I believe Mr. Gladstone hides out during the day. But with dawn breaking, he has to return home or risk being sighted. He is a wanted man, after all. Their biggest mistake was entering the CECC. I suppose Mrs. Gladstone must have gotten bored, or they needed the cash prize. CECC? Oh, right, the Chesterfield Elegant Cat Contest. Competition. Augustus corrected as the elevator doors opened. Sorry, 
That's way too many seas for me to keep track of. Yes, like I said, her Siberian was a bit large for the breed, close to 150 pounds. That is rather large for a house cat. More like a small tiger. Why would they let it enter the competition? I'm assuming a 150-pound cat can be quite convincing. So what's the play when we get downstairs? We give the statue back to the kidnappers. I believe they were the rightful owners in the first place. Then we see that Mrs. Gladstone and her husband face justice rather than being turned into cat food. The elevator doors opened on the lobby. There were two men waiting there in long trench coats. One was holding Miss Gladstone roughly by the arm. She was crying. I just had it! Would you handle that for me? My brother asked as he went over to the lobby desk. I'm going to make a call to Officer O'Malley. Certainly, I said. I was smiling as I stalked towards the end. I'm sure, dear reader, that you'd love the details of what happened next. A blow-by-blow account of my combat with these two hairy men. That's right. I said hairy. Incredibly fuzzy. They were part Catman, I believe. It made them a bit more challenging than usual. Well, I'm not going to give you every detail. Violence is a terrible thing and shouldn't be joked about or admired, even when you're really good at it. It was quite a battle, though. In the end, I trounced them as I usually do. It was all over by the time my brother came up next to me. He said in a sharp tone, Missy, I wanted you to give them back the statue, not beat them up. They were being rough with the lady, I said, pointing to Miss Gladstone. She was tied up in her own trench coat in the corner. I was rather proud of the bow I'd made of her belt. My brother leaned over the cat men. I'm sorry, gentlemen, but being rough with a lady can never be tolerated. They were rolling around on the ground. Augustus held his hand out to me, motioning with his fingers. Missy? I gave him the statue. I believe this belongs to you, he said, handing the cats over. Now if you'll release Mr. Gladstone, or I should say Mr. Ravi Roche, we can have you on your way. Don't worry, I've got the police coming. He'll pay for his crimes. But Augustus, these men are kidnappers. Surely they should go to jail as well, I pointed out. He nodded. Gentlemen, when you captured Mr. Gladstone, was he in his cat form or his human? One man groaned, then answered in a thick Russian accent. It was just before dawn. He was still a cat. I've got the claw marks to prove it. Well then, you see, Missy, they're not kidnappers. They captured a cat out in the city. Did he have his collar on? Yeah. The Russian cat man said. No crime was committed then. Augustus turned back to the Russian. You'll release Mr. Gladstone to us now, won't you? The Russian looked from me to my brother. He may have been a half-cat, half-man, but I think to him we were the strangest thing he'd ever seen. I cracked my knuckles as a reminder. Da, he's out in the car. Excellent, Augustus said, standing up. I think, Missy, we can call this case closed. You've got a very loose interpretation of the law. What can I say? When dealing with felines, it's fine to be a bit fickle. <laughs> Augustus said, chuckling at his own wordplay. I shook my head, reminding myself violence was bad. Well, I was debating if my dear brother would benefit from another shoulder lock and some more carpet in his mouth. I hope you enjoyed the Crystal Cat Caper. We had a lot of fun recording it. Dr. Augustus Mayhem and Missy Mayhem are two characters I would love to send on another adventure. But first, I have to find the time. My new book, The Curse of Purgatory Cove, just came out. It's about a paper boy who meets an old man claiming to be a 300-year-old pirate cursed to live on the land. It turns out bringing out a book is busier than I thought it would be. You've got to go places and meet people. When I started this podcast, I wanted to come out with two stories a month. And it was only going to run for a year. I think I'm going to slow down the pace a little. From here on out, there will be one story a month. But that means we can run the podcast longer. 
It might even give me a chance to squeeze in a few more tales while I'm working on other books. Next month is our Christmas story. It's another one with Abby and Bluey, the little stuffed elephant. I'm bringing my in-laws in to play the German grandparents because they are indeed an Opa and an Oma. That's what Germans call their grandparents. You'll get a chance to learn all about it and about German Santa Claus Day because the story comes out on that day, December 6th. The music for this podcast is provided by Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening. Her silver Siberian, the one that went... Uh, her silver Siberian that won the Chesterfield Elegant Cat Competition a few weeks... Uh, uh, her silver Siberian that won the Chesterfield Elegant Cat Competition a, a few months... Uh, her silver... <laughs> <laughs> Can you do that one, Dan? Start. I looked at my brother. Yeah, all right. Oh, you know, the usual. A magical talisman worshipped by an ancient people, kept in hiding all... Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hang on, let me... <clears throat> oh, God. Okay, here we go. Oh, you... You gotta stop laughing. Oh, you know, the usual, a magical talisman. Oh my gosh. Can you stop? Please stop. I have to do my lines. So unprofessional. Okay, Karen. Are you done? Are you? I would like to see our manager. <laughs> Bye, Felicia's. All right, all right, you ready? Can you stop? Yes, all right, stopping. Oh, you know, the usual. <laughs> Not all the time. I believe Mrs. Gladstone hides out. I'm sorry. Not all the time. <laughs> Stop it. Stop. Yes, like I said, her Siberian... Uh... <laughs> yes, like I said, her Siberian... Si... Oh my Sight. god. I can't say Siberian in this voice. It's impossible. <laughs> okay. Inconceivable. <laughs>